0: Everyone and welcome back to the Reclaimed Podcast. My name is Ellie Shaw, and I'm so glad that you're here. I'm sitting again with my father, Mark Shaw. Hey, good
1: to be back with you.
0: Hi. How's it going?
1: It is. It's going very well. Yeah. It's a beautiful fall day in Minnesota.
0: I know, and we're stuck inside. Yeah. Yeah. I actually like. It did actually cross my mind. I was like, I wonder if we could actually record this outside, because there's. I mean, there's not going to be much, much more nice days like this.
1: You know. That, that may be a pessimistic statement, but it's a true one.
0: But I did actually go running today, and it was, um, it had frosted this morning, so yeah. it's actually really cold. Yeah. And now it's like 60, it's like 70 degrees or something. Yeah. Crazy. Anyway, we're inside, but we're talking about one of my favorite books of the Bible today. So this is going to be a little bit of like a, I don't know, a little Devo time yeah. for you, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that you enjoy it. We're going to talk about the book of Nehemiah, and Nehemiah is in the Old Testament. So, um, for all of you, I don't know. We're going to we're going to give a little bit of background to it. I'm no I'm no biblical scholar by any means, but um, but there's a lot of there's a lot of cool restorative things that we can take away from this book, um, and apply it to our lives. And that's what we're going to attempt to do today.
1: Yeah, there's so many different uh, lenses we could put on to read Nehemiah.
0: Well, you can do that with any yeah. with anything in Scripture. Yeah, it's like how do you how do you take a book or take a, even a concept or even a verse. Yep, and and apply that to your life in different ways. And yeah, teach on this it or...
1: is this is actual history, so it's in the history section of Israel, and it takes place about. About four hundred and fifty years before jesus was born so it's a it 's an actual history mm-hmm. um, story. It also uh, speaks um, kind of figuratively of how God rebuilds and restores our personal lives hmm. um, it 's a talk about leadership because Nehemiah is actually an incredible example of leadership yeah uh, it 's got great lessons in it about spiritual warfare. Uh, we'll probably touch on little bits of all of that, but it's a really great exploration. It's the kind of book you can sit down and read through in one sitting. Oh, yeah. And get a, a really interesting scope. And so we're going to talk about this from the standpoint of what this podcast is all about, which is reclaiming.
0: Yeah. This podcast is all about how do we step into areas of our life that have felt broken and like they're like they're stolen from us because of relational brokenness or trauma. And, and how do we actually step into those things and allow God to heal that aspect of our life? Because God is a God who heals and he, he wants restoration in every area of our life. And, and I think particularly in the areas that we feel like art have been stolen. Yep. And so sometimes he's calling us to actually step in and roll up our sleeves and do work ourselves. Yes. And rather than just sitting passively and waiting for it to happen.
1: And this is a book about the cooperation with God to rebuild things.
0: Right, exactly. So
1: it's a great book about prayer. There's a lot in here, of how Nehemiah trusts the work of God, but he rolls his sleeves up, and he gets to work, and he motivates the people who were living in Jerusalem at that time to get to work. And it's this combination of trust at work,
0: yeah,
1: and yeah. that's reclaiming. That's, I mean, that's totally reclaiming. That. Yeah. So a little a little history um, context here. We won't go into you know huge detail here, but the story, the backstory of this is that Israel had been taken into exile. They had turned away from God, had forgotten His covenant, and that with that, the protection of God was lifted, and the empire of Babylon had taken the city of Jerusalem, and they took all of the healthy young people that were mm-hmm. living in that part of Israel, and they took them back to Babylon, and they destroyed Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. They knocked the walls down, they destroyed the temple, and they left it just an ash heap. Yeah. And Israel then had to resettle its community in a foreign land. And that's where they, I mean, and they didn't, they, they were very discouraged. It was very heartbreaking, but they reformed themselves and they recommitted themselves to God in those 70 years that, that they were in exile. Jeremiah gets a message from God at, toward the end of that time, or he had been given a message from God, um, right at the beginning of the time. And it said that you'll be in exile for 70 years and Daniel, who was, the prophet mm-hmm. with Israel at the end of that time, looks at the calendar and then looks at Jeremiah's prophecy and says, wait a second, 70 years is up. Let's it's go back. It's time.
0: <laughs> and
1: so that began a series of resettling efforts. Hmm. And um, and actually it was the Babylonians and the Persian kings by at that time who funded the resettlement process. It's a pre- beautiful story. Hmm. Uh, and Ezra was the first um, to go back. Well, it was actually, there was actually some um, leaders that came ahead of Ezra, but Ezra came first to reestablish the temple, the worship of God. Right. And that, that speaks figuratively to our relationship with God gets reestablished and needs to be reestablished before right. the practical elements of our life. So Ezra comes back and they first, rebuild the temple. It's interesting that they did that first. They set that up first before they organized the rest of their life. Well, that wasn't enough because people still had to live real practical lives. And so Nehemiah comes in another wave of restoration and he sets about to rebuild the walls, the gates, the infrastructure necessary for people to live their lives. And so that's a physical picture of restoration and reclaiming what had once been there, but it's also it speaks figuratively or spiritually of how God does that in our lives.
0: Right. That was that was beautiful, Dad. Thanks for that history lesson. It's been a while since I've heard that, so I hope that that was also helpful for listeners too, Just, because it is so good to have the context over what's happening and and a lot of books in the Bible are kind of jumbled, yeah. and so you don't really know exactly what's happening and what in what the context is and all of that. So. That's you important. see
1: in this story how hard this was it, yeah. it it was it was not just a snap our fingers and it's done and often the work of god is like that yeah i mean it's done in the sense that it's done by faith and then we have to work out our faith
0: right exactly
1: faith without work in obedience to faith it means nothing
0: yeah exactly
1: so Nehemiah had to remind these people who they were, what their yep. covenant was, and then it's let's roll our sleeves up and let's lift these stones and put them back in place. Definitely. And that's sweaty, hard work.
0: Yeah. And I love that there's there's this... This this is before Jesus. This was this work is before Jesus, mm-hmm. but it's this um, it's a reflection of what Jesus is going to bring. That there that yep. after the cross, there's total and complete restoration. Our spirits are totally yep. we we are made new yep. when we accept Him and when we receive our salvation. We are made new. We are new creatures, yep. and then there is a response yep. that we need to live like it. Yep. And that we need to act like it and take on the identity that we are chosen, that we are children of the king. And, and, and if, we don't, if we don't believe that and if we don't act like it, we'll never actually have real infrastructural yep. Yep. redemption in our exactly. life, which and is what this story is.
1: It, and what's going on when Nehemiah, the book starts, Nehemiah is living with the people still in exile.
0: Yeah, right. and he's working. He works for, he he works works for, for
1: the, the king. king. Yeah. Right. He's a cupbearer for the king. <laughs> Simultaneously to this, there are exiles who've already gone back, right? Mm-hmm. And Ezra had already been a part of that. Zerubbabel, say that name fast. <laughs> He'd been one of the leaders that had, been, that had kind of pioneered the restoration work. Uh, Ezra had already established that spiritual identity. But word gets back to Nehemiah He's a Jew, he's working for the king and word gets back that the exiles were still really struggling. Their yeah. identity was set. The temple is there. Yep. And it's not it, it's not as beautiful as it will be someday, but the sacrificial system is put back in place. Mm-hmm. They're reading the law, but their lives are still broken. Totally. The infrastructure of their lives was not Flowing easily, and so the first thing we see in Nehemiah is he grieves about that. Yeah, All right. He identifies with people who are hurting, mm-hmm.
0: and it's possible
1: to have our identity set in Christ, but then the practical elements of our lives haven't caught up with that reality yet. Right. So Nehemiah is grieving, but he he doesn't want to project that in front of the king. In fact, there was protocols for how you can't really do that, but. The king sees that he's troubled and he says, well, what can I do? And Nehemiah takes the bold step and says, send me back and fund the restoration of the city of Jerusalem. Yeah. And the king says, great, go.
0: But, but I want to back up just a little bit because before he does that, he's, he grieves, yes. yes. But then he turns that grief to say, but God, this is who you are yes and so he he says he says god you are you are someone who you god you restore you bring restoration he says um nehemiah 1 oh 5 lord god of heaven the great and awesome god who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commands so he's reminding god of who he is Yes, isn't
1: that great? so he's
0: saying okay this is possible because of who you are and, god
1: and that's that's not only permissible in our prayers. That's actually the beginning. Yeah. We're we're reminding God of his promises. Exactly. Lord, you said. That's actually what Daniel does when he reads the promise of Jeremiah. It's like, wait a minute, God, you said 70 years. It's 70 years. You said this and then, just like that, it was after that series of prayers that Daniel prays. It is a beautiful part in the book of Daniel that things shift in the spirit. Well,
0: it's 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 faith. Yeah. Because you're having faith to believe that God is who He says that yep. He is, and so then to say, okay, it, God, you are who you say you are. So therefore, this is going to yeah. work out. Yes. Therefore, there will be restoration. Yep. And so then, so then he, yeah, he goes to the he goes to the king, and the king says, okay, I'll send you. Right. And sure, I'll like I'll make a way for you to go, and
1: and I'll fund it,
0: and I'll fund it, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which he does. I love that so it's much.
1: Every time God, every time God builds something practically and structurally relevant for His kingdom, Lord funds it, and He funds it usually with some pagan source on the outside, and it's, and it's and all, it's all through the be, Bible.
0: It, it's just more confirmation that God is who He says He is,
1: exactly,
0: and that this is going to work. Yep. It's not going to be easy, right? And that's not to say that there isn't—it's not without opposition, but it's going to be easy, or it's going to be—it's going to—it's going to happen. That's
1: what I mean. So Nehemiah goes back, and then we see this incredible leadership, uh, where he moves, he goes, and he—he examines and assesses the damage. He doesn't—he's not under any illusion that this is tough.
0: I love that practical aspect of reclaiming Mm -hmm. too—that we need to look at our lives after destruction, Mm -hmm. and say. Wow, there's <laughs> there's some work to do mm-hmm. and I'm still broken. Um, but then reminding reminding ourselves of who of who God is. Yep. So yep. so taking to actually so what what I did what I did in my restoration process is I made a spreadsheet of actual places mm-hmm. that I needed to mm-hmm. go back to. And and that may that may not be everyone's story, but assessing the situation and saying these are the areas of my life that I actually need to work on
1: yeah you did an audit right you just looked at okay this this has to get fixed Mm
0: -hmm. Nehemiah
1: does the same thing he actually goes out at night because he doesn't want to alarm the people there but he 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 goes and walks around the city and he makes note this gate's broken this wall's broken down. And he actually yeah. does an audit. He kind of builds a spreadsheet. Yep. This is what we're going to have to do to put this city back together. Yep. And then he begins to organize it. And he begins to challenge the people and saying, look, this is going to be hard, but God is with us and we can do it. Yeah, And he motivates them with a vision Yeah, that we don't have to live in a, a heap of rubble. And, and I think what the the heart of what you're trying to do with this podcast and the teachings that you do and the other things that are growing out of this ministry is really to cast the vision, go ahead and audit the broken walls, but you don't have to live like this.
0: Exactly. This can be rebuilt. Exactly. There
1: is a foundation upon which you can build and go back to the wonderful thing about Nehemiah is he didn't do anything new. He just put things back the way they were supposed to be.
0: That's so cool. That's so cool. And that's
1: what your God wants to do with your life. Yeah. If the enemy kicks it over, he'll put it back.
0: Totally, totally. And so he rallies the people. He does. He rallies the people and he assigns he yeah. assigns them work.
1: He organizes it.
0: That's actually close to their house. Yeah. So he says, "Hey, Johnsons, you're going to be working right by your house on the wall." Yep. And and so then in that way, he's giving people ownership over the work that they're doing. Yep. So he's saying he's not just saying, "Okay, everyone's going to work on this aspect of the wall or this side of the wall," but he's saying, "You're you're going to work here because it actually directly affects you." <laughs> yes. And it actually will it will it will protect your family. Yep. In in attacks or whatever. So he, he gives people a job that is directly affected to an aspect of their life, which I think is so cool. Yep. Totally makes sense. Yep. It's like he knew what he was doing. And
1: that's that's actually what happens in reclaiming, right? Yeah. You're, what you're doing is you're saying, find the things that are actually most relevant in getting in the way of God's purpose in your life. They're, they're the, yep. they're the things that are actually most pressing and personal to you and go fix them.
0: Exactly. Because... Because there's things that get in the way of our goals, and I, I, I had this podcast. Um, I did a podcast with um, with Dr. Kristen Eliason, who's um, a dear friend of mine, and and she talked about um, she talked about PTSD um, therapy and stepping back into areas that that have felt broken, which I'm like, hey, that's reclaiming, obviously, which is why I interviewed her. But anyway, she talks about that in terms of um, when she does therapy, she says, hey, what are your goals and what is getting in the way of those goals? Because we all have goals in our life. And then if there's actual things that are getting in the way of those goals, let's conquer those things because it's keeping you from something. And so that's what that's what Nehemiah is doing. He's saying, you know, what's getting in the way of your goal of being protected? And yep. in your family. And,
1: and this included the walls. It included the gates. And the when the walls were broken down, the stones were in the paths and the roads of the city. So it was blocking transportation. It's blocking the flow in and out of the city. So those were all things deeply relevant to people's lives and to their families. And yeah. what Nehemiah says is find the area of the wall that's closest to you and fix it. Right. Yep. Yeah, I love that. So good.
0: And so then the families, the families are there. They're working on the walls. And then opposition comes. Opposition. Dun, dun, dun. And who is this opposition? I like to think of them kind of as, I think of, I think of Sanballat and um, Tobiah as Gaston and LeFou a little bit. There's like this.
1: Gaston and LeFou from. From,
0: from Beauty and the Beast.
1: Oh, yes, that takes some <laughs> I
0: don't years. know I don't know. It just like <laughs> reminds me of that like like Sanballat is like you know this like charming guy that's and these like, are who two, are you and these are
1: two these are two two leaders who had been in the land, yeah, ahead of Israel coming back
0: right right yep. and so so they're these they're these guys that come in and Kind of just lo- just seeing the work that's being done and being like, wait a second, who are you and what are you doing here? You don't belong here. You're like you think at all like you're gonna like this is gonna work.
1: They attack their identity. Yeah. And their validity. Right. Right. You. you who are you to be back here doing this? And who gave you permission to do this? Isn't valid.
0: Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Get out of here. Yeah. And you're going to fail. And
1: the ridicule, you know, these these walls are going to get toppled. You don't know what you're doing. You're not construction workers. On and on and on it goes.
0: Total doubt. Yep. Complete doubt. And
1: they actually are a picture of the voice of accusation. Yep. The voice of the accuser, which actually, and the enemy will do this to us. He'll remind us of things that used to be true.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> you used to be powerless. Right. Yep. <laughs> you used to not belong. You
1: used to be an exile. Yeah. You used to be a sinner.
0: Well, and I, I also think of him as I mean, practically for me in reading this story, I think of it as my anxiety and my depression. And the voice right. the actual voice that anxiety and depression have played in my life mm-hmm. of saying, Who are you to step back into this restaurant? And take it back for yourself you don't belong here right and you don't and who, who are you in the first place you don't have the strength to do this at all and and I think that I think that that's something that a lot of people struggle with of just this self-doubt and believing lies I've talked a lot about believing lies <laughs> and um, and replacing those lies with truth but but I love that Nehemiah when he hears these things he says no because God is who he says he is mm-hmm and so continuing to remind himself of who God is and then rallying the other pe- the people to yep. say God is who he says he is you don't have to listen to these people and, that are and, bringing opposition and,
1: and like and if i could echo back to the one of the last podcasts you did uh, that that teaching recording yeah. where where first peter says but that's not who you are
0: Exactly, but you are not like that. You're not like that. For you are a chosen people. Yes,
1: you're not like that. Yep. And what Nehemiah actually does, because the people hear Sanballat and Tobiah, and it affects yeah. them. It, it affects their emotions. It slows and bogs down the work because they're discouraged. Yeah. They're ridiculed. They
0: think, wait a second, am I like this? Is this worthless? Exactly,
1: and Nehemiah has to do two things. He's got to go after Sanballat and Tobiah and answer that, but he also has to encourage the people. Mm-hmm. And so what he actually does is he says, okay, you get a trowel in one hand and a sword in the other. Yep. The trial is, okay, you're going to keep working. You're, you're not going to let on the this stop the work. But at the same time we recognize, but we are also arming ourselves and we're not just victims. Yep. And we can stop and silence the word of accusation, this word that sword in the new Testament context is the word of God. Yeah. Right.
0: The so, sword of the spirit. so we
1: come against the voice of accusation with the promises of God. Meanwhile, we keep working.
0: We do. We keep working, but we have authority
1: yep.
0: to, to fight against those accusations yep. against those false, those false words about ourselves yep. and about our identity. We have authority to fight those things. And, um, and it's just prudent to have, to continue to work, to continue the, this process of rebuilding, but then to fight against, for me, it was the, the voice of anxiety and depression that was saying that I'm worthless, that I'm all these things to continue to fight against that practically, but then to continue moving forward and reclaiming.
1: And, And actually the wonderful thing I love about this is there was a beginning and there was an end to this. Right. They worked hard and fast.
0: They worked they super fast.
1: And they did yeah. this in 52 days.
0: 52 days. I mean that's a lo- it, that's like that's really good. So, that was shorter than my reclaiming process. Well, <laughs> well,
1: and and I, I think I mean that's the point. This doesn't have to go on forever. It's hard yeah. work. Yep. Face it. You're going to you're going to face opposition. You're going to have to step in and re- remind yourselves again and again of why you're doing this. But there's an end to it. Yeah. Uh, pastor Jack Hayford, who was a, a pastor back when we were much younger out in California, we used to listen to him on the radio. He had a teaching on Nehemiah and likened it very much to this of rebuilding uh, our souls, rebuilding mm-hmm. the walls of our own soul personality. So we are restored spiritually. Yep. Right. The, the, the altar of worship is reestablished in our lives. Then we got to go about the work of reclaiming and restoring. Um, and that there's always going to be opposition to that, but we press on and there is an into it. It does get done.
0: Right. And yeah.
1: you, you will come to a point of breakthrough when you realize, wait a minute, I I've like audited the broken places of my life. And we don't live forever with brokenness.
0: Right, right, yeah. I and I think I mean, there, pe- people will say a lot, like grief. For you know, for an example, is um, like grief never really ends. People will people will say that, like, oh, it you know, it'll always be I'll always be grieving the death of this person. And um, and I think to an extent that's true, um, but God wants restoration in our life completely so if you're holding on to saying like grief will last forever um if you're holding on to that as as actually holding you back from complete restoration to keep that person alive even in a sense um i think that that's not allowing restoration in every area of your life and i don't mean that to be insensitive to someone who's grieving right um but it's okay to still be sad that someone has died I, I, I don't know. Is I, that, does oh, that make
1: I, sense? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think the way, um, the way I'd frame it, I, I, I totally get what you're saying. I think grief, is debilitating. Yeah. And sadness or sorrow is something we probably always will live with. Yeah. But there is a season in our cycle of brokenness when it's pretty debilitating. So yeah. I think back to when your grandfather died, my father yeah. died in the first days after that, it's just completely preoccupying everything.
0: And as it should. And, and
1: it's debilitating. It's like you can't really eat, you can't sleep, and, and, but well, as time It was time the same, was the same on, thing yeah, when I went through my, yes. when,
0: when I discovered the affair. Right. It was debilitating.
1: But God's desire is to move us through the debilitating season of that and to actually help us to rebuild. And now my memories of my dad are sad. Sometimes it'll still hit me. And maybe as maybe on his birthday or a holiday, I'll deeply miss him. And it'll feel almost like it did those first few days, but it's not debilitating. It doesn't overtake. So I I think that, and you, you see this in the book of Ezra when they were rebuilding the temple. So this Mm -hmm. preceded Nehemiah, they were both crying and shouting in celebration. And it says from a distance, you couldn't distinguish yeah. the crying from the celebrating. The old generation was weeping, not in sadness. They were weeping in the joy of all of that brokenness. They had seen the original temple. Right. And now they're seeing it rebuild and it, it, it struck up both grief and celebration in them. The new generation was celebrating. So those two things come together in really healthy people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. That's good. Yeah. The, the, the grief doesn't have to be debilitating and there can be, there can be an end point to the work that we need, that God partners with us in to say. The
1: scars can stay. Jesus still has scars. Yeah. Like the scars of the cross, but it was for the joy set before him that he endured that. Right. So there's, there's there's both there's joy of the restoration, but uh we we will always remember what got us to Jesus in our completeness i i think yeah. i think in eternity we'll be able to look back. I don't think we'll feel the pain, but we will in some sense remember our own journey
0: hmm, that's really cool,
1: and it'll now be a trophy instead of something debilitating
0: right that's so awesome, yeah, and that's the that's this. This beautiful parallel work of of redemption in our life, and yep. and how God often invites us into being a, being a part of that process, which I've called reclaiming. So, so you can <laughs>
1: yeah, you can um, you can read Nehemiah with your own name,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and 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 the walls of Jerusalem become your walls. The place where God lives, yeah, on Earth is in you, right? And um and so set out a plan to to systematically put back what God originally intended to be there. Yeah. Stone by stone.
0: And it's okay to do that.
1: It is. It's it, important and to it's do
0: okay that. it's okay to
1: get help. It's yes. okay to get support. Yep. It's okay.
0: Not only okay, it's yeah, encouraged. It's, ex- <laughs> it's expected.
1: And it will take time. It'll take effort. It'll take vision. It'll take... Resisting the voice of the enemy,
0: but we don't have to live in a heap of rubble. We
1: don't. And the really good news is, it's time bounded. It it isn't forever. Yeah, that 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 struggle is not forever.
0: Right, right. And that's our invitation today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for your expertise on this and for for talking about it. I think I just hope that that listeners will be inspired to read this book. Yeah, and and dig into it i mean the the old testament is full of such cool parallels of redemption and and sometimes i think we look at we look at the old testament as kind of like oh it's a bunch of names that i can't pronounce and ways that um just just a lot of laws and stuff like that but there is richness and there's there's this beautiful um look to the cross and um and so many so many nuggets of Beauty in and the Old And Testament.
1: even though Nehemiah doesn't come at the end of the Old Testament books, yeah. it's right at the end of the timeline of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. So it ends about, like, around 450, 445 BC. And then there's a period of silence. Yep. Like, 400 years there where we don't hear anything. That's exactly. the intertestamental period. And Israel's. Uh, you know, Israel's struggling, and in the midst of that, we don't see it, but the Greeks conquer
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, Israel and the Romans conquer Israel. And then suddenly, John the Baptist appears, and Preparing that's
0: the way. And then,
1: boom, we've got the beginning of the New Testament story. So, so cool. this is right at the end of that long story, yeah. tracing from creation to the creation and then recreation of Israel. And, then po-
0: and and pointing to Jesus. And it's
1: pointing to Jesus. It's pointing yeah. to the building of the new temple, the building of the new Jerusalem yep. in us.
0: And, and pointing so to the to the redemptive work that Jesus is about to do for it all, for yep. everyone, for all time, yep. forever.
1: Yep. So go ahead and look at the brokenness in your walls. It's, uh, do an audit. It's a good thing to do that and yeah. do it with people. But do it out of hope, knowing, again... Oh, Lord God of heaven, great and awesome God Hmm. who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commands. That's the beginning point. Yeah. And then you look at the brokenness as just something to overcome in the promises of God. So they're not the last word.
0: Absolutely. The
1: broken walls are not the last word. The last word is God's word. And so get to work.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Reclaimed podcast. For more information about reclaiming, visit reclaimed.com. That's R C L A I M E D.com.